Uh, good morning or good evening, everyone. Um, we're going to start in a minute, I guess, but uh, if you don't already have a copy of Mandukya open, Binduji has created a PDF file that's posted above. And if you open it, uh, if you go to, uh, actually, this is created for the second section, so it's all complete. So it'll lead you through uh, the Karakas. And um, if you don't already have a tea or are settled, please get settled, and we're going to start in a minute. Namaste, Prakash. Namaste, Deep. Hariyom, everyone. Venkaji. Raji. We can start. We can start it. Good. Namaste, everyone. Namaste, Patrick. Patrick, can we start? Yeah. I'm sorry, Jataveda is not here for. Uh, morning and location no. so I'll I'll turn it to you. Okay. Welcome all. We'll continue well. Yeah we can start but yeah okay I'll do that. Welcome all we'll be doing the fifteenth sixteenth session of Mandukya and Karikas. We have completed Agama Pragrana and we are into the second chapter which is called the Vaidatya Pragrana or what is called as uh, you know explanation of delusion or Mithya. So we completed seven verses of the first uh, second chapter and we'll be continuing from the seventh again today for whatever we can cover today. Om Namo Brahma Dibhyo Brahma Vidya Sampradaya Kartrabhyo Vamsirushibhyo Mahadbhyo Namo Gurubhyaha Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Pratav Vande Bhagavandav Punapunaha Ishwaro Guru Ratmeti Murti Veda Vivakine ृत्यापतेहाय Sostina Yindro Vridha Shravaha Sostina Pusha Vishwavedaha Sostina Staksho Arishtanemi Sostino Brihaspatir Dadadu Om Shanti 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 Pratyam Shupratanis, Tirajaranigar of Japi Vir Vyapi Lokan, Bukhwa Bogan Savishtan, Punaridi Dishanol, Basitan Kama Janyan, Pitwa Sarvan Visheshan, Sobiti Madurabung, Maya Bojayeno, Maya Sankyam Turiyam Paramamurdamajam, 
ಜ್ಯೋತಿಷಾಸ್ವೇನಸೂಕ್ಷ್ಮಾಸ್ವಾತ್ಮನಿಸ್ತಾಪೇತ್ವಾಶೇಷಾನ್ಗುಣಗ
10 and 11 uh, 9 and 10 i think we will do it after the objections all of them are taken up so this is the first of the objection is where he when godapada says that both the dream and waking have to be considered at par, at par for various reasons now for various reasons are the the reasons which he is enumerate based on the objections raised by the purvapakshi so so what he answers in this one is that tesham saprayojanata sapne vipravadye that these objects which are there in the waking they have a utility value saprayojanata but in the case of sapna in the sapna they are is negated the the utility value of objects of waking have no relevance and no utility in the sapna in the in the dream said tasmat te adyantavatvena mithya eva khalu therefore all of them because it is a adyantavatvena because they have got a beginning and end the dream has a beginning and end after that there is no utility value of the dream therefore it is called mithya is what is the statement being made by the karika so what does the opponent say what he says is that what you say as far as the dream i we can understand yes there is no utility value of the objects of the dream and it is it is negated and nullified and have no further reference but how could you say the waking objects have no utility value because in the waking we have the objects and there is you know utility value like the food has a utility for quenching our hunger the water has this thing for thirst same way the objects like pot table all of them have got their own utility so how can you say they are all unreal or mithya in it is this is what the the opponent is asking the first question the answer is that the the vedantin says that you cannot say that way because we while you agree that the dream objects have no utility why are you saying that waking there is in waking things have a utility we have a situation that a person who had a sumptuous meal in the night before going to sleep he enters the dream and he feels that he is a beggar and starving of hunger and everything so where is the utility of the waking thing in the in the dream there is no utility of the waking objects in the dream but in the waking but if you look at the dream dream also the dream when if a, a lion is chasing the person is uh, the dreamer has a fear and he say he gets you know mauled or he if he runs away or he if he jumps into water he feels like he's become wet so the objects of the dream has their utility value in the dream same is the case for the objects of the waking has utility value in the waking 
we are not saying that they have no utility value from the point of view of the experience. The experiencer, if he's a waker, the objects of the waking has a utility. But if the experiencer is a dreamer, the dream world is only having utility value for him, not of the waking. But our undue importance given to the waking world of experiences and then comparing it to the dream and you feel because you can negate it doesn't mean that we are we are in a wrong foot or we are unnecessarily making the waking experiences also unreal then he goes to the eighth uh, karika says apurvam tani dharmohi yada swarga nivasinam tanayam pre Prekshate Gatva Yadhaiva Iha Sushikshita. Apurvam means like the not ordinary dreams. Dream is declared as unusual or imaginary or not real. In that, if you are seeing, you know, any any objects and place and experiences, thani dharmahi, they are all nothing but the qualities or the adjectives of the location. Just as in the waking we are saying that there are there is a world heaven and heaven has things in the you know which is described in various books and things like that. We are taking it for granted that such a place is available without even knowing that such a place is available or not. But Iha Sushikshita Yada Tata, just as now in this waking world, you have a path which is well laid down, and a person following that path, he reaches destination. So you also feel that, you know, the well laid down path by the religious books and things like that is like that path which is given where the person reaches the destination. This also will should take that person to the destination. But if you look at the, the happening, the from the waking a person who is traveling from one person to one location to another, is real only for the person who is walking in the real thing. That has no utility for the person who is in the dream. For him, the waking person's travel and reaching the destination, whether it is a location within the waking state or even the Surgaloka or the heaven, which is mentioned in the waking, has no relevance for the deeper, deep sleeper, dreamer. Same way, the dreamers think we are easily negating in the waking, saying that the definitions given the path within the actions done by the dreamer is all unreal if he is if he is taking bath and getting wet it is not real because it is dream this is how we are and saying that they are all manovikalpang means projections of the mind so what are what is that what is happening is we are not analyzing in our own experiences. This is where we get into our own, uh, you know, quagmire of, you know, 
validation of our experiences. This utility value has no relevance. We have now understood that in each experience, if you are an experiencer, this dreamer, the dream world only is having utility value. And the utility value of the waking world of gross objects have only relevance to the waker. <clears throat> this is the reason why the uniqueness of the, created, uh, the creation of reality should be understood from the two separate field of experiences. The uniqueness, that same uniqueness of waking and that cannot be compared with that of dream. It is also a mental projection only. The uniqueness, uniqueness which we say is also a mental projection. Based on our mental conditions, whether you believe in such a thing or not, the, you know, the, the, the Vidhi Nisheda or the Vedic injections which our people are following to follow, Putra Kameshti or Surga Kameshti, all, all those, the Yetnyas and Tapa and, you know, all those things are being done based on the mental projections of the individual. He is really not getting his experiences analyzed. So, whether the dream is unique or not, the dream depends upon the observer's existence. Only an exist dreamer has the reality of the dream. So is the case with the waking. Only if your waker is experiencing the objects of the waking, you can say the waking world is real to him. A non-experienced object of the sensor, sensory inputs of the waker is nullified by the waker himself. Right. Now, for example, if you look at in the waking state, we have the experience of the sky being blue, the day and night of the earth rotation, and all those things are real experiences, and we do not, we have take it as real. Our transaction, our life depends upon that. But if you really analyze it, is the sky blue? The, the sky which may appear to be blue is limited to the surface of the earth. But the absolute, the, the total sky which you do, when you go beyond it, you might have seen the photographs of Apollo 11 landing and the sky behind it. Or even the you know, pictures of the Hubble telescope which is showing the space where the different objects are being shown. You will see they are all suspended in a black colorless space. So the blueness of the sky is a imagination mental projection. Same way, day and night is an experience we have, no doubt, the waker's experience. But if you really look at it, it is the rotation of the earth, which is creating the light and the shadow on the surface of the earth. And we deal it with as a waking and dream, I mean, day and night, and transactions are done. So utility value is based on our giving validation for our experience as it is real. Therefore, we give the I think now in the modern uh, situations, if you look at it, the 3D movies which we go that you need a special glass without which you, even though the picture is seen, you will not have the 3D effect. What does it show that? 
depending upon the condition of the instrument of apprehension or perception, the object has valid, different valid points or different values. Now, as human being, we have limitations of Ibgio and certain decibels of sound which becomes audible. And certain, you know, sensation only we can say, sensation, taste only we can bring. All the five sense organs have their upper and lower end. Beyond that, we have no world of experiences. But when we have seen that there are animals who can see in the night, there are animals who see only as per the science itself, they have proved that certain animals see the color, what we see as color of the world of objects is seen as in black and white for those animals and etc. So even in the waking state, if we look at it, we will find that we, we are deluded by our sensory organ giving us the picture of the world of experience and we take it as that is the reality. Now, if that is the reality, how can you say that uniqueness of the waking is the reason why I should take it the waking of world as a real thing? To answer that, again, he further goes to the ninth verse saying, Sopna vrittav api andavas chedasa kalpitam tuasat bahis chedaso grihitam sadrishtam vaidatya medayoho. Now, if you look at that ninth verse, what does it say? Sopna vrittav api. Even in the vritti means thought process or the, the function of the mind. Sopna vrittav means the function of the mind in the dream. Anta chedasa kalpitam. It is a projection by the mind as awareness is inside. Now, if the insight is felt from the point of view of the waker, but the dreamer per se doesn't feel that he is having the experience inside him. He is part of that whole experience of the dream. In the dream, he may have inner experiences like happiness, sorrow, his own dreams or his own imaginations, the, dream, the dreamer can have. But his world of objects and the sensory, the sensations of his experiences as a dreamer, his world is also outside. Therefore, even if you now bring that the dreamer sees his reality of world as outside to him. He has an inner experience of as happiness, sorrow, dreamer. In the dream, the identical experience is felt by the dreamer and the waker. Just as the waker has happiness and sorrow and imagination and projection within the mind, the dreamer also has happiness, sorrow, and projections in his own mind. He also experiences the world outside, the rain, the sun, the getting wet or heat or animal chasing him, etc., etc., from the external world of the dreamer. And the external world of the waker also the same. 
there, there, there is rain, there is sun, there is, uh, you know, animals chasing. All these type of experiences are felt by us in the waking also. So where do we have this thing? So Vaidatyam Drishtam. Therefore, if you if you can negate the dream as unreal, it's an ent it is a feeling or an experience of the mind or a projection. Kalpana means projection of the mind. Is it waking not a similar way? But the waker may not be able to say that. It has to be done by a person who has analytical capacity of both standing apart from them and then only he can say that. But when you, when you are a waker or when you are a dreamer, the world of experiences are identical. There is no way we can say that they have any, one has more reality and the other is less real. Then comes the 10th tenth mantra, which is 10th karika, which says that Jagrat Vrittau Abhitu Antat Chedasa Kalpidam Tu Asat Bahit Chedha Grihidam Sat Yuktam Vaidatyam Yetayo. Same way. Just as now I, I explained both 9 and 10 together. In the Jagrat also, the same thing he is repeating in the 10th mantra one. The ninth mantra was for the dreamer. The tenth mantra is for the waker. Jagra Vrutau Avitu, even in the waking state also, Andachedasa Kalpinam, by the inner, the mind, he is projecting the world as if the world is of experiences is outside him. Chedo Grihitam Sat Etayoham. And actually what is happening, both the dreamer and the waking, the experiences are happening inside their own awareness. As a waker, as a dreamer, in the mind, the awareness is or the, the knower of the waker or the knower of the dreamer is the one which is experiencing all those things. The world which is projected by the dreamer as outside, the world projected outside as a waker by the world outside is identical. Therefore, both are Vaidatyam means Mithya or illusion or projection. Now, look at the, it is, let us analyze some examples from the waking to know why this projection of outside is being told by Gaudapada. This example I told in the last class also. Any object which is seen outside, we think they are independent and real and existing. At the same time, if you do a scrutiny of that experience of where this experience has is getting the reality, we will know that such an object never never was there. The example of the apple or the orange or anything that the without the dharma dharma which your dharma means the adjectives or the attributes we are experiencing the attributes because our sense organs can only measure the attributes if i am using my eyes i can only see color and forms 
nothing more than color and forms are existing for me if i am only depending upon my eyes the smell the touch the taste the the world the whole world of that aspect is null and void so if i am seeing an orange i can only see the color of the orange and the shape of the orange nor its taste nor its quality nor its potency for anything else now if i bring the other aspect of the taste and the taste of the orange the taste only can be experienced by the tongue and then that there is no color there is no shape all i know that this is orange is from my experience of the taste like that all the attributes which are there in a object like apple or orange or any ob any object which is we are experiencing if you look at it you will see that it is the agglomeration or the putting together all different five sensory inputs attributed or superimposed into one location we define the existence of a reality of an orange or an apple the reality of the existence of the orange and all is purely dependent on the qualities with which we define that this is exactly what is happening in the dreamer's case also the dreamer has their own sense organ sense sensory inputs and sensor thing he also feels the you know heat cold pressure plane etc all those things are there exactly like the waker and the dreamer there is no difference between the two absolutely so when we when we look at that this projection of the orange in the waking state is because our sensory organs all put together and created a image in our mind as an object called apple or orange and just an example but where is the apple or orange if i take my sensory organs input one by one can an can an object exist without these sensory inputs without my sensory organs able to see that the color which is seen on the orange is not seen in the orange until it is projected into the mind to project that there is i am seeing the orange color the taste of that that orange is also from the same way this another sense organ the touch sensation anything for that matter now all these where do, where do they assemble that are they assembling there outside us or are the sensory organs feeding to our own internal memory or internal mind so when their assembly takes place in my mind how can i say the world of that object is staying outside the question is normally asked is that because it is assembled in one spot outside my mind therefore i feel the object is outside this is because we think that our mind is limited within the body we are not aware where our mind is located 
or how far is the approach of the mind therefore we delude ourselves thinking that our mind is within the physical body and the location of the object is placed outside and therefore the outside object has an independent reality but if you really look at the potency of the mind or where the mind is operating or how what is the width and breadth of the mind potency we can see that the mind independent of the sense organs is infinite in nature it can even in waking or in dream in either cases that it is intangible as far as the reach is concerned but the mind can travel even though i am physically located in a space in the surface of the earth i can my mind through my mind i can reach anywhere in the part of the mind or the cosmos or the in the space so if the mind is reaching different spaces places and everything how do we get limited by that the mind is operating within our our body physical body that is the reason the reason when the assembly of the sense organs are placed inside we have the image within our mind but since we feel that light the sensory organs are picking up the senses from a different location we feel that the world of object is outside and real this is how the projection of the mind takes place this is the same projection which is whether it is in the waking or in the dream which is happening one need to sit down and analyze his experiences and thoroughly and without getting preconditioned with the mind then only you can really go to a conclusion as to where we are why is godapada is mentioning about this thing now the 11th 12th and 13th is talking about the one who is independent of waking and dream but there are two more objections which are given in the verses 14 and 15 let us glimpse through the 14 and 15 and then we will revisit 11 12 and 13 karikas so that we have all objections covered and the answer given in 11 12 and 13 will become more clear to us so that the 16th mantra the concluding mantra of this dialogue is is nailing that all the objections so if we look at it the 14th 14th uh, karika is that chitta kalahi ye andastu dvaya kalascha ye bahi kalpita evate sarve vishesha na anya hetuka the things which are experienced have a subjective existence as far as the in the in the waker's mind how in the the world always we have got a two aspects of dvaya kala that is what is that is the subject and the object there is a subjective existence for the observer and there is an objective existence of the objects of the world outside 
do they independently exist? This is what I have been explaining now. Can the object exist independent of the subject? Have we ever analyzed that? You may say, even if I am not there, the house is, my house is there, or my family is there, my car is there, anything you can say. Because we bring in two, two aspects of this. One is Pratyakshakala, that time when we, ex we are experiencing that immediate perception, when I experience my immediate in, through my sensory organs, I experience my car, my family or house, etc. Then there is a memory related or what we call it as Pratyabhitnya Kala. That is the recollected state of the experiences. The recollected state of experiences do not need the physical object at all. The physical object, when it is being experienced, that is one part of the time. When it is being recollected, the physicality of the external object, the objects outside is not mandatory or not need not be there at all. And this is the term Dvayakala. Dvayakala Vattvam is the word used by Gaudapada. Binary time dependency. That is the word used by Gaudapada to this thing. One is that immediate, exper immediate experience and one is the recollective experience. Therefore, there, they are not happening simultaneously. They are happening two different times. Therefore, they, it is called binary time dependency for these two things. To know that, We'll just look at that. Why, why, how does we feel that, you know, when I went to sleep, my house, my family, my car, everything was there. When I wake up also, after the dream also, when I wake up, they were, they are there. But in the case of a dream, whatever experiences I had in the dream was experienced only during the dream. But after that, it was not there, and nor can I revisit them and experience them again. Therefore, there is ekakalata there, or unit, unit time dependency for the dream, and binary time dependency for the uh, waker, waker. How do you say both of them are same? And how, how, how are you saying that both are the similar in projection of the mind only? Okay, it's a very, very tricky question and a very valid question. And everybody's question is on this aspect only. Even if I am not experiencing, somebody is experiencing an object in Africa or America or any other part of the world. Can I say that the world, that object doesn't exist? This question can, it's a very valid question and it is a, most common objection taken to people who object to Gaudapada stand on this comparison between dream and waking. Now, Gaudapada in his character doesn't directly answer this question because he thought that the people, that statement is enough for the apt student to understand what the entire meaning. 
we are so blessed that you know people like Shankaracharya Dunin through his Bhashya and the other commentators who have commented commented upon Shankaracharya Bhashya has dealt in detail about this aspect. So what? How do they say that? Now they have a very detailed analysis of it. If the dreamer is to say his experiences, he will never say it is unreal. For the dreamer, the dream world is absolutely real. All his experiences are real, and he will vouch for it with his whatever he want to vouch for it. Is it not the same the waker? Is it not that the waker is vouching for his experiences as a waker, and he denies the dreamer? The dreamer also can deny the waking. Unfortunately, dreamer has no access to the waker, and therefore, neither independently the dream experiencer nor the waking experiencer can be an independent judge to say which is real, which is unreal. So there is a contest between the dreamer and the waker to say who I am real, I am real. Both the way, but from their own point of view, they are real. But Vedanta and the Shruti Upanishad says that both of them are unreal, equally unreal. It is not that one is gradationally real and the other one is subtle and therefore totally unreal. No, both are equally placed from the point of view of the. The independent judge. Now, who is the independent judge who can take a, a impartial view? It cannot be the waker. It cannot be the dreamer. Nor can it be the pratnya or the the, the the deep sleeper because deep sleeper has no uh, you know activity. It has to be taken by somebody who can stand impartial and out of the control of the waker and the dreamer. Only such a person can take an impartial view and say that this claim by the waking world to be more real, dream to be less real, whether it is right or wrong. This is the place where we have to bring the fifteenth karika. Avyakta eva andastu spuda eva cha evahi. Kalpida eva te survey, visheshahasput indriyandare. The things which are experienced are not, are within, are not clear by the, for the, the one who is experiencing in the game of andaspurstu. Andaspuda means in the inside. Which are experienced outside like the waker are clear. But all of them are projected there. Where is the distinction? The distinction is because of the instruments of sense organs. The waker's sense organs, he has a validity, this thing which he says that my sense organs are real and therefore the world of object is real. 
whereas the dreamer frame it is he projects things which are not real to the waker but for him the dreamer he cannot say that they are real or unreal because he see four elephant horses or you know the you know where an elephant flying elephant or a fish flying in the sky things like that he can see it in the dream but from the point of view of the dreamer they are real and therefore both waker and dreamers experience even though the sense organs are potentially different you know what the dreamer is dreaming can never be dreamt by can never be seen by the waker because he doesn't have a sense organ which can project that type of an experience so he is limited he is limited by his experience of the sense organ that's what i said we can see only certain range of colors certain range of sound certain range of temperature all those things which have got limitation whereas in the case of a dreamer he has no limitation to that extent so he can also claim the superiority against a waker mind now this is the place where both of them have to come to the the independent judge which is going to analyze both of them and say that why do they different they feel they feel different to be even though appearing to be different both of them are equally unreal let us go back to the 11th verse ubayor abhi vaidatyam vedanam sthanayor yadi kaha eva budyate vedan kaha vai tesham vikalpah if now these both these things are unreal both the states who is the one who is experiencing these independently or is if they are independently experienced who is the one who knows both of them or who is the here the word they used is creator so creator they because gaudapada beyond being the traditional aspect says that you know ஆப்ஜெக்ட் are now accepted they are that the waker is claiming to his reality which is contradicted by the dreamer and his reality dreamers both are equally unreal from each other's point of view is there anything which is gradable or is there any reality beyond the two this is the question which is asked in the verse number 11 ubayorapi vaidatyam even the i vaidatyam means delusion ubayorapi of the two 
Vedanam sthanayor yadi. Because of the place where it is being experienced is difference. So therefore, kaha yeta budhyate, one who is the knowing these Vedan or the difference between the two and who is the one projecting it, vikalpa. It is a projection now. That is because that which is not being present available, it has to be projected by somebody. So who is that? Kalpayati ya atmanam atmanam atmana devaha soya swamayaya sa eva budhyate vedan iti vedanda nischaya. Now this is where the vedanta but because the waker and the dreamer cannot be the independent judges so we need to go to the independent judge. Now the independent judge is should be a, such a person who has not been under the influence of the waker or the dreamer to take a you know impartial stand. For that Gaudabada says the conclusion has to be that of the Shastra or the what the Upanishad is saying which we have studied and the 12 mantras which we studied. There they have mentioned about the Jagaridasthana, Sopnasthana, Sushuptasthana. So the Upanishad is dealing with this subject. Therefore, the Upanishad mantra will be having the answer for that. Whoever is projecting this dream world is the same projects the waking world also, is the statement of the Upanishad. Turiya is the word used in the Upanishad. Now Turiya, Brahma, both being identical. Turiya Spandanam is the word which we will come across later, but that is the word which is used here. It is not a pulsation alone, thus even though the word pandanam means pulsation or a vibration, it is a projection. This atma in the individual body, like the microcosm, and Turiya is a cosmic entity, because in the seventh mantra, Prapanchopashamam, Ekatma Pratyasaram, Prapanchopashamam, Shantam, Shivam, Advaitam, Saatma, Savitneyaha. So that is where the Godapada is taking, bringing the independent judge to analyze Jagra Sopna Sushupti. So Prapanchopashamam means that is the time when the Prapancha is not there, the waking is not there, the dream is not there, the deep sleep is not there. And when that is the state, there is Shantam, Shivam, Advaitam, Atma, which is pure in nature, non-dual, because he, there is nobody other than that. And that Atma is the independent judge who can say that, because even when he is pure, independent, everything, he was very much present for the waker. He was present there in the dreamer. He was present in the deep sleeper. So he knows the waker. He knows the dreamer. He knows the deep sleeper. Yet he being independent of them, 
he is not siding going to side with the waker dreamer or deep sleeper to say is there any reality for the waking world is there any reality for the dream world or is the deep sleep of that is the re- is absolute reality so you know when in the in the gita when krishna said aham i am atma sarvabhuta shayastita is i am the cause and the creation utpanti sthiti laya karna all those things when he says that he is referring to this mantra in his mind so when he say when atma says that i am the creator i am the one who sustains it i am the one who dissolves it or dissolves into it the waker has no independent reality nor the dreamer has an independent reality their reality is because of my awareness i am the awareness for them and then they project themselves as i am the waker and i am the dreamer therefore i am the one who is independent and i can say that all the three experiences are equally unreal how does it say vikarah ati paran bhavan anta nischite vyavasthitan netamscha bhishta evam kalpayade prabhu the word here used is prabhu prabhu means prabhavati iti prabhu one who is controller of everything prabhu means lord ishvara all the meanings are valid for it but in sanskrit prabhavati iti prabhu one who controls who has absolute control of everything he is in, he has the control over the waking world not only the waker and his world of experiences the dreamer and the dream world of experiences and the deep sleeper all his is vikarah vikarati vikarati is the word used vikarati means creates paran bhavan all these absolute creations andaschiste vyavasthitan staying within the mind or within the locality of the individual and he is netam cha bahishcha evam kalpade both internally and externally of the mind here the internal and external is is a not a physical internal external it is the as if it is being experienced internal or as if it is being experienced outside is what we should understand that now if you look at it how does he become a prabhavat prabhu the example in shankara's bhashya is saying that if a sculptor want to create a statue he creates the image of the statue in his mind then he projects it into a stone or a clay and he casts the image as per his imaginative skill which was inside his mind he projected the world out the statue outside 
there is a limitation for that explanation he also says that here the limitation is because there is a material cost separate and the instrument cost is separate and things like that material and cost causal effect but the the methodology is what is more important to us here unless it is there in the imagination of the creator nothing can be created now the creator did he really create it he doesn't have to create anything because he is everything so you are the dreamer you wanted everything to dream so you means not the waker i am talking about the the prabhu he created subtle experiences swapnasthana pravivikta book in the third mantra we heard that third no fourth mantra the same turiya when he associates with the dreamer he gives the power to the dreamer to project his own imaginative world the same atma or the same awareness when he gives the power to the waking mind the waking mind assumes the role that i am the creator and he creates his own world his likes and dislikes his objectification subjectification all those creations are done by him but without the presence of this prabhu or the absolute turiya or the absolute reality or the awareness neither the waker nor the dreamer can function when he is taking rest we are in deep sleep neither can the mind create the dream world nor the world can neither create the external world if i am not if i am not sleeping somebody will say the world outside exists i have i might have been sleeping but the world outside but who is saying that is the is that is that statement being made by the deep sleeper the person who is in deep sleep no the waker has projected so many conditions in his life that he has created a deemed dreamer he has created even a deep sleeper in the waking to be under his control actually speaking it is not under his control but he thinks supreme that i am the real most real thing and the reality is dependent upon me and the waker creates that the dreamer is insignificant he only hallucinates an imaginative world he is living in and the deep sleep has no experiences so he is taking rest and i am the absolute controller this assumption of the prabhu in the waking is the foolishness of the waker but independent of the waking dream and the deep sleep the real prabhu who has the projection capacity to associate with the waking mind or the dream mind or the deep sleep is untouched by that how do we know that prapanchopashamam ekatma pratyasaram prapanchopashamam shandam shivam advaitam sa atma sa vitneyah nanda pratya nabhi pratya noveda pratya the seventh mantra if you revisit and re go through it again you will know that why does the upanishad say that it is neither the dream nor the waking nor the deep sleeper nor can it be called without awareness or with full awareness because all these are nomenclatures from the point of view of the waker so everything is being negated there 
and then to really break down the superiority complex of the waker he says avyavahadyam you think you can transact with awareness as your as you as you feel whims and fancies it is avyavahadyam achintyam agrahyam alakshanam ekatma pratyasaram prapanchopashimam shantam shivam advaitam that is the reality savitneha that is what you should know this is how the first 7 to 15 mantras and karikas are going then 16th onwards karika will deal it in the next wednesday where we will know further how gaudapada is taking us to take us out of the delusion of reality of waking dream and deep sleep he will take us much beyond this that is the time when we will move to the advaitam the pragaranam called advaitam which is where non duality is there so brahma satyam is the first chapter jaganmitya is being now explained by the gaudapada and when brahma satyam jaganmitya is known we will know that jeevo brahmaivanapara there is no difference between the jeeva and the brahma the prabhu is there everywhere he is the one which is controlling everything he is all and beyond him there is nay advaitam paramarthata with that i'll stop today we'll meet on next wednesday om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 hari om shri gurubhyo namah hari om thank you all thank you bindo that was wonderful i think this for me was the probably the most powerful set uh, of karakas so uh, i'll have to read them again today bindo you mentioned um turya spandanam or spandanam turya and i i'm i'm um on a different translation maybe but i'm chinmayananda's was that was that your own uh use of words or is that in one of the uh slokas that i missed yeah it is yet to come ah wonderful okay that that karika is yet to come i'll deal it in detail when it comes to that Yeah, these are very powerful these the the mantras alone uh i imagine are sufficient but his clarifications here bring it home in a way that it brings in so many other i think so many of us are are interested in in the understanding of what is manifest how the manifestation takes place what is the appearance and what is what are the qualities of the appearance the waking world uh and this helps bring in i mean i think a lot of us now are are looking at uh these other schools of uh uh the um idealism and uh you know the scientific world now is so excited about consciousness but when you look at this 
the Gaudapada's and Shankar, uh, Adi Shankara's work is is so much more profound and in-depth that has everything. It doesn't look at it from a scientific perspective, but in it's really, when you listen to these other guys in the West and the scientific world, they, they're fumbling still. Like, and I don't mean that in a condescending way, but it's almost like childlike with, with the way that they're grasping at these ideas. Uh, most of physics still is, is just kind of getting going, like in terms of their understanding, but this has everything, you know, it has the, it has all of the, the explanation of, of creation and manifestation, but the clarity here between dream and waking is so powerful. Uh, you, you, with, you know, all of us, you always use that to, to help bring clarity. You immediately bring a student and talk to them about the dream world and that dream state to bring that um, further clarification that the waking world to Brahman is the same as our dream and dreams at night. So anyway, this is wonderful. So I'll turn it over to uh, uh, anyone else who has that. And uh, other people, if you want to come up to ask a question of Bindo, um, provide insight, please go ahead and raise your hand and we'll bring you up. Uh, if, okay. I'm sorry, I'm, I just uh, budged in, in between. Uh, but I had a question that uh, regarding that uh, part when you said the mind is not only localized to this physical body. I came to an understanding that the mind is not the mind what we talk about, only the brain part, but it is uh, present everywhere in the body. And we cannot say mind and body as separately as how we say it because wherever the body is, the mind is. But in while you were explaining, you also said that the mind is also outside, outside in the sense that there is, and I have kind of heard also many people talk about it. Uh, so can you elaborate this part with examples, if you have any, any situations where, where one can have this kind of understanding that, uh, what is being controlled is not his his will or what is being happened is not at his wishes yeah. at the end of the, the, yeah. In the case of the mind being not uh, limited to the body, our sensation, sensory inputs and the sensation can be within the body. But we often confuse between our sensory inputs and the sensation and the after effect of that as you know the location of the mind which is not really right in the sense that mind as a reflected awareness due to instruments can never be contained in a, because awareness itself cannot be contained in anywhere. So, reflection of that also has got equally infinite in access or potency. That's why, it's, you know, look, look, if you look at it, an event which is either different in time or space is still affecting the mind. 
if it mind is physical it should be only touched upon by the sen direct sensory organs but that is not the case that is why the doya kala definition was given that one aspect of the mind is conditioned by the direct experiences but at the same time mind beyond the time that the present which is in the past and which we are projecting for the future has has a wider range of permeance to reach out and locate itself into different time and space but our condition of the sense organs are so powerful which is the example given by the five horses in the you know kata upanishad if the horses are not controlled properly the horses will take us for a ride that is exactly what's happening when the mind is under the control of the sense organs we think that what is sensory input is only the reality only one who has a control over that like the mind and guided by the intellect will really able to analyze your experiences this is where you need to scrutinize each of your experience is it local is it conditioned by my sense organs why do i feel sympathy for somebody when he the person is not even near me my near thing sometimes i think about somebody which is, who is dead and gone somebody sometimes i may hear about something which is happening in a different part of the world i feel happy about it or sympathetic about it or these things are happening so if it is if it is the mind which is as a sense organ like the eyes or ears or anything it is limited and that is where we feel that we also consider mind as limited actually speaking mind cannot be limited that because mind can mind is not a local thing therefore it can travel anywhere it can project anything and what we feel as a lifespan in 12 minute in, in 1. or 2 minutes in dream is also within the mind only what we are experiencing the mind of the dreamer and the mind of the waker are not two different things because there is, you will find the mix up of things are happening waking memories are there in dream the dreams are you know dream sometimes we remember it in the waking so what whether mind is a common thing for the dreamer and the waker so how do you say that it is limited when in the dream you could travel to places which were unknown to you so all those things are proof that we should not be bogged down or live you know, and thinking that the mind is a limited faculty in our physicality of the body the question we are thinking are you really the limitation of the physical body the identification with the physical body is the reason why you are feeling this limited physical entity are you that these questions need to be searched by the individual himself or you know with the help of the upanishad if you can take your analysis step by step you will be able to get out of the clutch of the limitation of the mind right thank you thank you bidhuji on a on a different experimental level uh, would you say that uh, which came first the mind is all already present 
or the data from the census comes later so which is prior to what there is no time right. to say which came first the time is a creation of by the mind and the sensory organs are extensions of the mind we are thinking that sensory organs are located in the body because of our association thinking that the sense of touch is the limitation of my body but uh, if you look if you look at the other sensory organs are we limited by the sense of touch no no yeah no but so, i was what i i'm asking is uh, like you said there is a superimposition of five different senses which is taking place and it is being stored at some point so prior to this superimposition that is uh, if someone is speaking something so i am seeing the lips of that person at the same time that is one uh, one information that is coming through the eyes then second is information is he is speaking the sound is so the sound is being superimposed on his lips so that's how you were taking uh, telling us in when you were explaining that five different things are happening differently but they are being superimposed at one point of time so in that sense already the mind was there uh, to make the superimposition or then or when the data of each of the individualistic uh, thing was going on then the mind's creation was being formed or how you say in time or whatever was going on you one cannot really narrow down that these functions because as per the upanishad or the as per the shastra is that they are all instantaneous how do we know that it is instantaneous whether you cannot say one came first and the other came second imagine think about your own experience of waking up in the morning from your deep sleep can you say your mind came up first or your sense organs came up first i can't say it is uh, yeah. almost at, at the same time right so we have to this is yes we have to analyze our own experiences answer is within us we are looking for answer outside in the world which is a projected one once you have projected you know like that film which is being projected on a screen a spot in the lens will be always appearing as a spot on the screen interfering with the projected picture so unless we locate the lens the spot in the lens and clear it we will never be able to eradicate that spot from the all the pictures which are coming in the screen same is the case with our with our life we are looking at the projected world to find answers for our own issues but we are forgetting that the whole world projection their values or forms image reality everything is created from the projection of the awareness through the mind so the mind is the lens in the projector in this example so the mind has that is why 
the purity of mind is important for us to see the clarity clear picture of our own nature thank you thank you yeah um what what i have relates to what yash uh was saying so i'll go ahead and if my uh if my coverage is not good tell me and i'll move um so first it is just the greatest joy to listen to this uh I I can't t tell you how much I'm smiling at that you've spoken it so so beautifully. Um the first is what I've been thinking about the last uh few day, few days since the last room and I didn't realize it would tie in so I'm going to share that and then how I believe it relates to what you're saying and and what more you can say. So it's about how our experience changes um especially of the of the 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 waking state and well the gross and subtle within the waking state and um a while back when i spoke to you and asked you a question about how we move along this uh path so to speak you you said something very clear which is i i totally get it to orient oneself more towards the subtle and space and not so much for name and form and and that's clear um so uh you know the um there there's a point at which the the identity of the body as the self really becomes um unconvincing and and it, it and strange i would just say it feels strange to think that way uh whereas it used to seem normal um and and there are experiences that come and go uh uh as to the presence of that identification in in some different ways that i won't share what what i know about that um and so the experience of the body is changing and it seems that at the same time that the type of knowledge or information about the world also changes um and this is what what was really I wanted to speak about like the um for example uh just the the sensations on the body of uh uh for instance the whole body feeling uh very much slightly electrified and and responding to things that are happening uh at at very uh far away um like um well I could give one example when I just turned on Clubhouse and you were speaking and it was just like this uh it's a very physical thing that normally uh the average person might might not experience and there were two things that two people said in the last week or two just one sentence or so uh one was yogji and he i said something to him and he said oh that's like the cosmic body and when and i thought and that was the end of that conversation but i thought yeah that's right um there's something there that i wanted you to speak more about and then there was another room where uh sunny ji just said something in passing like well there's really not a waking state a dream state and it just hit me like ex exactly that there's like a re calibration where even the references to the states is not uh the thing that needs to be said so i'm getting there give me a moment so today this was all i wanted to hear how you could uh speak about this and verify that that understanding or not about those shifts and today you were talking about um um how only the waker experiences the waking world and only the dreamer experiences the world of dreams and you talked about that utility value about how uh our experiences it is validating what our understanding is of what's real and what hit me is that that seems to be related to 
how the experience of the body and information changes because what is taken as real is somehow it is changing and and the spectrum of what we can sense and experience changes and um is less veiled by what you just said about how we veil things by having a very uh, uh, strong expectation and belief about, say, what the waking state is. Um, and then this relates to the question of where is mind. So I wondered if you could uh, really just speak to these the change in even experience or how we frame what the waking or dreaming state is as our experience changes. That was long, but it's really important to me, and I don't know anyone else in the world I could ask. So thank you so much. Thank you, Artemisia. Uh, where I would like you to concentrate in when these things are happening is that there is you as an awareness who is observing all those things. Forgetting that awareness, if you identify with the waker or the, you know, cosmic body or whatever names which is thrown out by different uh, philosophies, all are going to cover your real identity and make you associate with something other than you. And then you get into a loop of thinking that experiences are real. And therefore, uh, you know, there is something which is normal experiencing, which is something is a religious experience or something higher experience and all those things. But all these things when they are happening, you are the pure, undifferentiated observer as pure awareness looking at it. Nobody can validate its presence other than yourself. So you have to see that I am the observer of any experience for that matter, whether it is out of body experience or out of world experience, doesn't matter. An experiencer, experiencer has to be there for all experiences. And that experiencer is not part of the, the threesome. The subject, object, and the experience. He is the substratum in which it is happening. He is neither, I am using, sorry, the word using a he for the purpose of clarification, explanation. It is neither male nor female nor uh, in a neuter gender. You cannot put a gender to it or anything, but for explaining that. In that pure awareness, is we project the subject-object experiences. And with the different names and everything we give it, we get into, we forget our reality and get confused. This, this is what is called the projection. We will come more to it because in the, in the Kaudapata Karigas, when we are covering furthermore the Advaita Pragaranam, you will, we will really see how these things are being analyzed and made clearer, clearer by each one of the verses which we studied. So the, the answer to your question is that nothing is important in this world other than you and that you is not conditioned by anything. Neither your color, name, sex, body, 
or anything you were there in your deep sleep without anything even that you are not you were the one who was knowing that you were you were knew nothing in the deep sleep stick on to that i i i hear you and um the um yeah you're just beauty itself and yes and everything you said to me matters and um i bow down to you thank you uh bindu ji thank you so much uh, for the explanations and for the sessions uh the 13th verse says that uh, the atma uh, projects the both the dream objects uh, as well as the well defined objects so like the dream objects uh, it is uh, everyone has a Uh, their own subjective experience unique experience to their themselves but uh, does it explain uh, subsequently or uh, that why do the well defined objects seem to be uh, projected the same for everyone for all the billions of humans uh, they are the same only uh, does it yeah i'll explain that you are now associating the question of raj came from the waker raj who is analyzing his dream and who is comparing his waking this analysis is lopsided because you are not an independent judge you have already associated yourself with the waker so you are negating the dream world is not real and that it is not shared by people but go down to the dreamer for a moment abandon your waker attitude or waker association go to the dreamer does the dreamer has the same and same question or will he say that his world of experience shared by the objects or the other personalities in the dream is a shared experience no he won't hmm no he won't right. say that so yes so you should not stand in the waker's point to analyze your experiences you should shift yourself to that prapanchobashavam shivam shantam that atma state to make analysis once you able to shift to that one the questions are will crumble down by itself because it becomes like like a marble in a, in a, in an open palm that clear will be your you know analysis that you will not feel like answering asking any questions because it will become very clear if you thought that as waker you were thinking the dream and the waking world you have got people who are now the dreamer had world of objects world of people shared experiences everything for him the dream is a waking experience the waker when he is experiencing the waking he doesn't think it is a dream like experience he thinks it's a waking experience where is the difference between the two uh, in the dream like we are not able to uh, confirm from the others 
<laughs> if they are experiencing the same uh, reality or not you don't have you don't confirm with others no you are sharing the experience with the thing and they won't respond to you unless they are sharing with you right did they respond in the situation where you were there others were in the dream or only you were experiencing others were like statues or were they were the others were also there having contributing to your experience of the dream from that you can make out that they are sharing the world because you are not analyzing the dream from the dreamer point of view therefore you don't ask the question you have this intellectual potency and higher intellectual logic mind in the waking so in the waker level you will ask these questions you can ask to patrick or anybody for that matter that are you sharing this world yes but if you are seeing patrick in your dream you will not ask this question you will interact with patrick in your dream as if patrick is sharing already your experience of the dream but patrick per se may not be there in your dream at all he is project he is a projection by the dreamer who took raj as a role as patrick as another role and both the roles are played by the same awareness exactly the same is happening in the waking bindo raj patrick veep orkash anybody for that matter who are here who are not here are all roles taken up and projected by the same awareness we see them as separate that awareness doesn't see them as separate that awareness has only one thing it is just awareness advaitam but for you and me we project you are separate i am separate the objects are separate i am the uh, ob- i am the ob- subject the worlds are the objects the world of objects this bifurcation is created by the identification with the mind bindu a few months ago you you shared a um a practice and you rarely do that but it was it was more of an inquiry and i was talking to you about sleep and you were as you always do just focus on the awareness and I don't know if you remember that. I can share it with everyone, but if you could, it would probably be much more powerful. There's a practice that you 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 shared with me about when we start to lie down to to stay with that awareness so that as the as sleep starts to you know be invoked, that awareness stays you know with us so we our focus isn't you know the mind but it, it it it's been very powerful for me so if you if you you know don't mind sharing it it w- might be a nice uh it, it's been incredibly powerful for me so i'd love it if you could share that with everyone if this is basically what i told you that day is also the same thing because from the waking we go to dream and dream to deep sleep and the, the three states when these states are happening there is an independent entity who knows that these things are happening 
while happening we do not locate ourselves to that independent entity but we get engrossed in the it is just like when we are watching a movie we get engrossed in the movie and the events on the screen we forget we are sitting in a cinema theater and watching in a screen and the projection is coming from behind us and we are seeing a scene all those things are forgotten the events of this events on the screen overrides our world of experience exactly the same way the dream waking and the deep sleep when it is happening our tendency is to get immersed into that individual experiences but when we are practicing it starting with the waking where we have that much more control on our mind and intellect you can develop that shift of awareness from the identified waker to the observer of the waker and do the same thing you will be able to be more aware of your dream when you are dreaming you don't get drenched in your dream you will be more aware of your dream and when you are in the deep sleep you will have no control of it you will not even know you are in the deep sleep but the moment you are coming to your waking state you will exactly know that experience of nothingness of your deep sleep also where it was happening it takes time for you to practice it but definitely over a period of time you will get the mastery over this is what i always call as the shift of locus our locus as a waker dreamer and sleep sleep is the we are lo- we are locating ourselves as a waker as a dreamer or as a deep sleeper but the we have to locate ourselves as the witness of all the three i know i dreamt i know i was awake i know i had a deep sleep so the i has to be separate from the three and abide in that that is when you shift your locus this is a practice which is very helpful for you know to have experiences without being carried away by the experiences this is the word which is used in the bhagavad gita also like a water in the lotus leaf it doesn't wet it like the same way we will be through and through our life waking dream and deep sleep may come and go but we know our reality so so the events of the waking events of the dream events of the deep sleep will not touch us we will be able to observe it as pure awareness neither getting you know sorrowful about the events or happy about the events you know sitoshna samaduk sukadukheshu samikrutva lavala bojaya jayo that bhagavad gita stita pratnyasya kabasha the second chapter you can if you can see all those things will you will be able to see that yes it's possible only if you practice this yeah thank you so uh bindu ji this you know this uh the like patrick was saying 
you know, one area that is, you know, which I guess, uh, which interests, of course, me a lot is, and, and this is an area that a lot of science philosophy now in the West is looking at. And this is this part of, right, that, that how is this consciousness? And I'm going to use the conditional reality, dependent reality, uh, you know, and not call it unreal because then the argument doesn't even go anywhere. Uh, but, you know, so, so we, we, we are, uh, we do try and find that what is the way in which consciousness, this projection happens. And I think this word spanda, which is very key, it's found here, it's found in the tantric tradition, it's found everywhere. And so like you, so spanda, of course, is the pulsation or vibration, and you spoke about projection. And the sense I get that is being communicated is that it is a projection through vibration. The spanda is the, uh, and, and, and again, on a substratum of consciousness. So the way I see it is that the true nature of mind is infinite, right? So, so actually, if we discovering the true nature of mind is discovering self. And that which we refer to the mind in its limited nature, right, which is, again, the power of the Maya, that itself is what creates, let us just say, all this individual experience and experience of differentiation. So um, this is how I, I have uh, gathered all of this. And the other thing that I, um, I, the way I look at it is that I see that events, that what we call events or whatever we call happenings. Now I have started seeing them as that rather than like, I mean, my attitude is not to ignore them, but rather I, I feel that actually the significance of events is that they all point to the fact of consciousness. The events, the, the, whatever we perceive as events or whatever is happening is all just pointers to the same thing. It's consciousness pointing back to itself. So I actually take a deep interest in events and that's why I take a deep interest in this question, um, you know, which is interesting to explore these days because of all the various stuff and the scientific uh, proofs that are coming in support of these kind of things also. Uh, but this is how I am viewing it. So I would definitely appreciate your perspectives and comments uh, on this. Yes, science is definitely making a lot of advancement in the in the field of you know metaphysics, the singularity or whether the quantum field or quantum areas. 
but uh, in all those things were science had to take a shift to understand it is only they have certain dogmas which are mandatory for us to be called it scientific that itself is a limitation why they will not be successful i think david osman has been very clear about it and he said that science has brought down his own rules which is limiting the science because falsification is a mandatory need for scientific analysis in all those things what they are forgetting is that just as all scientific experiment they are being done in the in the space they need space for all the experiment but space is never a, me- a measure in any of the scientific experiment they may have space as a measure like volume and temperature etc but volume is not space space has no measure volume is limitation being brought in by conditions of the parameters length breadth and or, or tube or circular or sphere these are all the but space has no you know tubular or pyramid or spherical thing space is you know you cannot condition it no bindu ji i i sorry but i understand that part no i'm not trying to go into that that whole thing i do understand that and the more interesting things that i'm talking about to you now is actually more philosophy and using only scientific data as supports to it so so that's a different but i would rather more look at talk to you about the the spandana uh, uh, idea and the whole idea of projection through spandana because that is the way i perceive which is why the idea of spandana and even just the omkara omkara is like spandana i think it just signifies the spandana right so this idea of of the uh, you know that this experience that you're having the projection through spandana is how i see it because i mean the way i see it is that there the substratum is all consciousness but since i do not see it as illusion but i see it as a conditional reality and then the conditional reality itself is of the nature of reality you know it is can't be different ultimately it's of the nature of reality it's of the nature of consciousness so there must be a mechanism for projection to happen no there deep what you are bringing in is that the projection has to be a real thing that is why where you are getting stuck the the projection is also conditional or imaginary or illusion it is an illusionary projection in reality nothing happens what is there is only only awareness consciousness or brahman whatever we want to call it even the spandana is not there but when you are when you want to give an explanation to the experiences you need to 
exp explain it from the point of view of the experiencer of the condition conditional uh, awareness what you are the limited experiences what you say that it is just like exp explaining the mirage to a person who thinks it is water the person who knows it knows very well that even though there is an appearance as water it is not water he need to explain it as explain using the term called water with the water which you look at and think that is water is no more water it is just an appearance of air only but there is no water at any point of time same way when we say that it is the turiya spandana or projection it is that statement is used to the person who thinks that the projection has happened the world of experiences are real and therefore i why should the why should the projection should take place from his point of view the cause why and the effect is being asked why should the projection play or why did he have the projection or why did awareness project itself into the world of experiences from the point of view of in the from the point of view of the one who is on the other side who is under the influence of their projection for him he needs an answer but the person on the other side who knows that there is nothing not even the projection all that is his pure awareness he sees only awareness not even the projection not even the people not even the world not even the experiences nothing it is pure awareness in every it is not even that is why the word sarvam kalidam brahma is has got one meaning and shankara himself says that when the way when the upanishad says sarvam kalidam all this is sarvam sadatmana sarvam atmaya eva it is in the form of awareness everything is all yes, sir so awareness or the bodha roopa or the you know pure consciousness in pure consciousness nothing is there other than that so there is no projection no spandana at that level but when we are experiencing the multitude or conditional world which you said that as a limitation or the experiential world we need to give an answer to the person who is experiencing the world to him to get out of the condition that you know that reality on the experiences this word of projection or spandana is used so that okay now it is not real so he will start looking more toward the the source of the spandana or the source source from where the projection is happening and once he comes to the source where is the projection is happening he is saying that he will know that oh really speaking there was no even projection that it was all it is all awareness that's all that is how it will be resolved i i understand where you stand bindu ji and i completely you know respect it i i totally understand where you stand i think that this is a <laughs> discussion for some of us who also like to you know we are probing into this conditional reality as well and so i think it is a different kind of a, a stream and framework but i totally respect where you stand and i think you know it's a it's a fine place you can see really quickly and easily who's been 
influenced by Sri Aurobindo. When they speak of Advaita, it's it's magical how quickly the translation. We we want to take the virtual reality very seriously, and then be able to be the master within the projection, as at the same time as knowing that it's an appearance. It's it's a it's a dance, but anyway, it's great. Patrick, who's observing the dance? That's that's the key, and uh, our awareness has to, you know, remain with that observer. Um, it's not only the it's the manifester, uh, it's it's the witness to the manifest, uh, it's all of it. But it's really, I think, Prakash, it's the it's where our focus is, and where we choose to uh, rest in in that focus. The manifestation is the manifester. And while we, as that limited, localized part of the manifester, might not be responsible for Jagat and all of the divine manifestation, we have a limited role for sure in that. But I mean, we might get too sidetracked, but did you have a point that you wanted to make uh, on that, Prakash? You know, uh, yeah, I first wanted to say pronouns to Bindoji and everyone because this is a phenomenal session where if you listen to the actual way, <clears throat> As we operate in the world of reality of things, which is where our bodies are, they're going to be born, dying, all that. As you go through that, the mind becomes so concretized. So to deconstruct that mind is such a phenomenal exercise. And if you can really stay with it, you'll see how focused your mind becomes <laughs> for whatever purpose it does. you know. And then if you go beyond it, where the true observer state is, then the observer, what is the observer doing? The observer is observing itself dancing. That's, that's it. There's no definition of dance in the observer. The observer is observing itself dancing. If you want to use the metaphor of all things happening, a whirlwind. Imagine the dancer in a trance, just spinning there. That is this whole thing, I think. Just spinning. You know, and we get a fraction of witnessing it and it just disappears again. But if the observer becomes so stable, then the observer and the dance are the same. And to be focused like that for a few seconds is a witness of beyond this space of what we call reality. <laughs> the real, what we call as real, real, you know, to go even beyond a few seconds is, you know, <laughs> I think that's the, uh, a phenomenal thing and Bindoji's exposition of how to unpack the mind is just so phenomenal. So I just want to say a big thank you and I bow down to you. Thank you. When there was a few months ago, I, I asked a question of Prasadji to help me um, put context onto mind awareness and all of it, because there's so many words that get associated with it. And I use the I question him saying, is it like a magnifying glass? 
think if you look at the lens, our mind being that lens, and if you play with a magnifying glass and you look at things, you know, something far away comes into focus and then, you know, as it comes closer, you get a different focus. I mean, we all can use different tools to help, you know, because our minds are all working differently, but that's part of it. And I'm just telling all of you that Bindu's advice, the only sadhana that he's ever prescribed has been this um, resting in that awareness with the observer. And as I, you know, do my yoga nidra and, you know, transition into dream and sleep, this practice of being established in that observer of what's going on, we're doing it all the time. You, we've all noticed it when we drive or whatever it is, you might be cooking or something, but you get lost in that and you'll find that yourself, you've driven yourself home and you're, you weren't even aware that you were driving it. That awareness is obviously the driver. And so it's very powerful. And if you can do it in waking, Bindo tells a story when he had achieved something, you know, when he was working, you know, his job and so on, that, that success comes, but the observer in that process with him was detached from that success it just came and i'm just repeating that is that this practice of resting in that observer that awareness is is the is one of the keys the key to being able to understand what god is talking about and that there is no difference between waking and and dream to that observer and I guess it's a choice because we can, we, while we can know this, we then choose, do we want to be the avatar in the playground of, of this waking transactional state, or do we want to be the observer or both? So <laughs> there's a lot more to come in this. Um, but yeah, Prakash, it's, it's wonderful that we've seen this Bindo, like the last few sessions with Mandukya now, people are, we're all focused on this and it's, uh, it's palpable and, and I think we're all reading and staying with the text here. And I think that's essential for the satsang, but to, you know, collectively, you know, get the most out of it together and help each other along, uh, you know, to, to, you know, create the greatest uh, lesson. Namaste Binduji. Very beautiful session, man. Like <clears throat> enjoyed all the questions also. I think yes and Artemisia. So yeah, really thank you a lot. And yeah, I think this is one of my favorite chapters. So I'm a, I'm like very int intrigued, like very following with the concentration. So yeah, thanks again. Yeah, Vindaji, no questions specifically. <laughs> thanks a lot for this. And uh, questions will come, but like you know. Uh, in the presence of awareness, uh, it ultimately becomes meaningless, right? So, thank you, Booth. There's someone in the chat who says they have a question. Maybe they don't know how to raise their hand. I think she has do put we, it in the chat, Binduji. Uh, I can do we, read do it. We, yeah. You do can we experience Surya. Do we experience Surya in presence of Dvaita? I mean, in everyday life, how to observe it? Uh, 
Okay. Do we experience Turiya? No. We cannot experience Turiya. Because Turiya is beyond experiences. So in the presence of Dvaita, that question becomes null and void. In I mean in every day of life, how do you to observe it? Who is asking the question or who who will know it to observe or who is the observer? Who can observe it? Is what is to you? So your question is that Turiya is not an object, not a subject, but in the presence or in which we are experiencing everything. And we are not really separate, independent out of Turiya to experience Turiya because, you know, the wave cannot be separate from the ocean. The ornaments cannot be separate from the gold. Same way. There is no separatedness in awareness to become we separate from the awareness. We are in essence awareness only. Without the object also we are in, we are awareness only. And we are experiencing the changes of awareness and we think that the changes in awareness are real and the objects therefore are real in this thing. But in, if you, once you know, that's what I was explaining to the, once we know from where we stand and ask the question, we will know that in Turiya, Nothing happens. It is just like without space, nothing and nothing can exist or operate or work. At the same time, does space do anything for the existence of the things in itself? Space has no activity, no desire for things to come in itself and express itself. Without space, none of them can come itself. So how do you say the space can have a desire for something to come? And awareness, which is aware of even the space, is subtler and purer than the space. Therefore, in awareness, space is the first thing which you can imagine. Therefore, the Upanishad says, Tasmad Atmana Akasha Sambhutaha, Akashad Vayu, Vayur Agni, Like that, the creation is a projection. So that is a different explanation for people who are thinking that those things are real. But from the point of view of Turiya, your question, Mahakal, the thing is that there is no Object, no subject, no experiencing. So, doida doesn't exist there. Nyade doidam na vidyate is what Karika says. Once you know the reality, no duality can exist. So, reality and duality cannot go together. Mahakal Sankarshani. Your name is, anyway, I'm uh, 
which is how do how we explain awareness which is not available to words and sounds that is exactly what it is yato vacho nivartande aprapya manasasara it no words can explain it nor can the mind reach it but the words and the mind gets reality only in its presence so are you not aware of the words are you not aware of what is happening in your mind so uh, without awareness no other words nor the mind can function anything not even worldly or there is only experiences of all experiences are worldly experiences whether it's jagrat swapna sushupti any three of them if you take they are all worldly experiences so beyond experience the experiencer is untouched by the experiences there the experiencer and the experiences are not two two separate thing to say because that worldly experience only you have that the dichotomy of subject and object in the in the reality there is no two ekameva atyutiyam brahma in that oneness there is neither the subject nor the object nor the experience nor the experiencer the the brahadarani upanishad said vitnyadaram are kena vijaniyat how can the knower know himself because he he cannot know it himself as an awareness as an object nor as a subject because then that question of infinite you know anavastha dosham what we call it as it will happen then who knows that will the question will come so in reality the experiences are not real in the turiya atul ji is asking what is the difference between turiya and turiya tita atul ji turiya turiya tita turiya tita tita it's all later creation in the what you call yoga vasishta upanishad has only one turiya ekameva atyutiyam call it as turiya or brahma you cannot atita means gone beyond turiya technically speaking no you cannot go beyond this just like where will you go beyond the space only if you know the end of the space you can go beyond the space right same way only if you know what is awareness you can be beyond awareness first let us reach where awareness is and then we will know whether there is beyond awareness and how will you know there is something beyond awareness unless there is awareness there also so can it be beyond awareness so turiya tita doesn't make any sense right none yeah turiya does turiya tita is word used in the yoga vasishta which is not really explainable in the sense that from word is that the author of the yoga vasishta got it and nobody knows about it. yeah because uh, awareness implies there is something aware of right from the world awareness 
which which means something is aware of something else so it uh, again uh, implies there must be awareness without any aware of right or you can say awareness is aware of itself yeah then it cannot be atita atita the word and the sanskrit meaning of the word atita is beyond when something is everywhere ananta or infinite is its nature how can you be beyond infinite exactly thank you vendu in fact the very word sturiyadita contradicts the mantra purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vishyate that mantra is nullified by the word sturiyadita if you say that so i dare not use that word sturiyadita ji i think you have to speak up a little bit loudly yeah namaste uh, bindo ji and everybody am i audible now yeah that's better namaste ji somewhat okay let me connect back uh, can i go ahead with my question in the meantime yes ruko ah uh, namaste bindo ji namaste to all it was a namaste. wonderful topic it was nice to hear so my question uh, though this question is running in my mind for many days though i get a theoretical kind of understanding but somehow this question is not digesting i could not able to convince myself so the question is uh, when we talk about deep sleep right and also uh, we talk about uh, samadhi sthiti right uh so i try to just bring it together and try to understand you know deep sleep is a state where i don't have any experience right so my mind is shut down completely and samadhi sthiti is also something similar to that but my understanding is probably it is a controlled state so is there any difference logically i could not able to make any difference between these two thank you yeah i saw your question in the wednesday's chat you had put this question but when i was about to answer that you had already gone out so i didn't answer that question then nidra and samadhi are compared to be equal as per shankaracharya both are agrahanam agrahanam means non comprehension of anything so one samadhi when people are saying that we have certain figurative description to the samadhi that he should be sitting in such a such a pose he should be having ramrod uh, you know body which is you know the head body in the and should be in a straight line etc etc now the person problem between samadhi and the deep sleep is whether what he is experiencing in samadhi or whether he has achieved the state of samadhi is a pure personal experience whereas deep sleep is common to all living beings whether it is bird animal or human beings 
all of them have the deep sleep sleep experience and the sleep experience is recollected when we wake up saying that i knew nothing whichever language or whichever country you are or whichever part of the world you are as a human being everyone has expressed the same thing that i knew nothing i had a good sleep but when it comes to samadhi the description given by those people who practice samadhi are varying in nature so what is being achieved being a personal experience cannot be corroborated or verified by anybody else other than the person who is describing it now whether he is hallucinating it or whether he is experiencing it or whether anything such a similar thing is experiencing which is verifiable or not is not possible by others so samadhi even though it is technically accepted in the shastras is not given any importance more than deep sleep because in if samadhi is the state where agrahanam is taking place or non non apprehension is taking place knowledge cannot come up because knowledge the nature of knowledge is awareness and if you are in a state of non apprehension you are in a state of darkness which should be similar to the deep sleep so in deep sleep nobody has ever achieved jnanam or knowledge or awareness even though it is there present as pure awareness it is present everywhere even for those who have practiced samadhi who was in deep sleep who are in waking or dream everywhere that at, at any stage it is there but the problem the claims by the samadhi people saying that through samadhi you can achieve jnanam is self contradicting in the sense that in the state of agrahanam how will you have the jnanam which is contradictory to that that is like how can you see the light when you are in darkness or when darkness is engulfed you cannot see the light so that means samadhi is still a non dualistic state in short non dualistic in uh, in a sense that it is non apprehension point of view yes it's non dualistic but the ego point of view of the meditators point of view or the samadhista one who is meditating upon he did he maintains his separateness from the rest of others so you cannot really say it is a non dual state in real non dual state you should not have even the existence of individual and others which is there in the deep sleep you don't know your own existence in that as i while in deep sleep we don't experience it same way if the the one who is in samadhi at that moment very moment he may be in a non dual experience of similar to the deep sleep but not the non dual knowledge awareness that you are everything sarvam kalidam brahma or aham brahmasmi that type of an experience is not there
I think Binduji that I think that uh, Ramana uh, tries to make that distinguish. He uses the word Sahaj Samadhi, I think, to distinguish it from Nirvikalp. Like Sahaj because it just is Sahaj. It's just normal, right? In a, it's the true nature, sort of without effort, that kind of thing. Yeah, Sahaja means the word is Ja means birth. Born born along with means it is part it is part of your own nature. So Sahaja Samadhi is there in everyone at all the time. There is no separate Sahaja Samadhi other than being being Swarupa. The Swarupa or you know one's own nature is the samadhi sahaja samadhi state but that is not something experienceable as an object or a result of a meditation which is expressed by the patanjali yoga sutra method of dharana dhyana samadhi thank you binduji uh, you can go ahead with your Binduji, I have one question. Like Chitta word is used in Satchit Anand and Man Buddhi Chitta Ahankar. So, what is the difference between both? There are four different meanings for the word Chitta. Chitta, Chitta, Chaitanyam. These are all used from the same root of Sanskrit word. Chitta, the just, just word Chitta is Satchit Ananda. That pure awareness. Chitta means part of the operating mind world. Memory bank or the recollection is taking place. Mano buddhya hankara chitta. So mana is the receiver. Ahankara is the owners, owner who says that I own things and the ownership. Buddhi is the logic part which is verifying with the experience and taking the recollection stored in the chitta to verify and say that this Sohem Devadatta or this man whom I saw is that person, that recollection part of it, Pratyavitnya, which comes, this based on the statement comes from the recollection which is stored in the chitta. So, Chaitanyam is the the presence of awareness of chit. Chit, when it is present in apparent, apparent presence, it is there in everything all the time. But, you know, when it is being presented through as, you know, just like fire is there, everything. But the conditions favorable for fire to appear is special when the thing gets burning. Same way, Chaitanya, Chit is everywhere, but in when a conditions when it is being expressed as pure awareness, it is, we call it as a Chaitanya Surupa. And normally people who are in, uh, you know, in the Dvaita philosophy, they attribute the Chaitanya to the Murti when they are doing the Upasana and all. Is there any chitta present in Tutturiya state or not? 
when we are saying this, isn't this a characteristic of awareness? Like this assumption that is happening from awareness to the mind, isn't it? Isn't that as assumption not coming from awareness? And if so, then isn't it a characteristic of awareness? Which means the statement that awareness is nirguna or there is no characteristic may not hold true in that case. So how do I uh, uh, kind of untangle this? Okay. Okay. The mother and the child is a reality of separation of two. Whichever way you want to describe whether the child has taken birth or the mother has given birth to the child, in reality, there is two coming out as separation taking place. In the case of mind and awareness, such a thing doesn't happen. Now, your question of why should this, you know, this characteristic of awareness to project itself should happen. That question is that you should compare it with the space. Space has no characteristic to become objects. But objects by itself has no independent existence if the space is not is there inside the objects. So did space have the characteristic to become the objects? Or did the space project the objects? Is the object separate from the space, independent of the space? These are the way you should analyze it. Um, yeah, Patrick, did you have a follow-up? No, I just wanted to make sure that that got it covered because I don't want you to, I don't want Mindo to have to leave and you not have it. But he's his time is. Uh, is kind of up, but if you want to finish off, it'd be nice because I know you've been waiting. Yeah, no, uh, we can uh, probably cover this some other time when I come with a much more refined version of the question. Yeah. Uh, it, like, I'm not able to continue my line of thought because this uh, may be a little complex for me. So, uh, and, and you know, keeping in mind Bindoji's uh, time also, we'll probably. Yeah, they basically, then, gee, you have to compare that. The space relationship with the appearances of object in the space, awareness and appearances in awareness. You, have, you can draw a lot of parallels. But awareness is superior to space because it, space is dependent of awareness for its own existence. Um, yeah, Orbindoji, uh, Namaste. Am I audible? Or yes, Vijay. Yeah. Uh, so you were just now mentioning about space. Uh, you don't want to take much of your time because your time we are going beyond your time schedule. Uh, but just when you mentioned about the space and also the awareness, uh, space seems to be a very creative uh, 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 field. Here all this creation is uh, uh, palpable. I mean, it is uh, very visible. It is where everything is happening. Right. Sir? Then awareness, uh, how, how, how does, uh, I mean, uh, uh, does one become aware of this? Then it is becoming a thought. It is becoming a thinking process again. That 
the difference between that awareness which you are thinking about as an objective awareness and awareness as a pure awareness are two different things in the pure awareness there is no subject object and experiencing or being aware of it it's pure awareness like this pure space so but what is it aware of i mean there is it is not it is not aware of it is awareness by itself so like you know existence what existence of then you can say objects of and everything but existence of is the only way we can think about it because our mind has a limitation of it therefore without an objective awareness can you think of it without awareness without an object not in the present sir yeah that is where you need to you need to think but that is there because there is a waking experience dream experience and the deep sleep experiences where all the objects can be included there is nothing beyond it that is all your experiences are but you are aware of these changes of waking dream and deep sleep and you are the one who knows the changes are happening so you have to be different from the changes so so there is what is what is called what you should do is you should really look into that which is an observer or as a witness which has no what you call awareness of itself but it is aware of things which are other than that but in itself it cannot be aware of itself that is the state of objectless awareness or subjectless awareness or that type of a situation bindu do you shy away from Thank using you. a term like nirguna brahma when you're speaking of that abstract uh, awareness no i don't because i don't use it because uh, to then i need to explain people who have not heard that word yeah they're all pointers so you might have seen when i'm explicit explicit yeah <laughs> pardon i said that the words are just pointers they can't they they can point in the direction of of the truth that's being shared but right. they're not going to yeah so the awareness right. is sufficient but it's because i think you know his point vijay's point is is you know is is correct is that without something to be aware of there's no awareness so it's yeah that see that is the condition of our mind if we are mind is conditioned that awareness cannot exist without object then we will always look for aware of of what but if your mind is conditioned that you can be without object you can still be you can see the awareness in as your nature your own existence then you don't know you don't need it it is just that the mental limitation we bring into ourselves that we need an object to be aware of so uh thank you again bindu ji and then thank you so for your clarification uh wednesdays and fridays for mandukya if you wish to reach out to bindo privately um we do uh, a tuesday sh- session not on clubhouse but it's um uh, 
our first one was Aparokshanabhuti. Now we're doing uh, Dakshinamurti. These are different texts. Uh, they the session lasts for about an hour, and there's space in those. There's no price. Bindo isn't paid for doing this. Uh, and you can reach out to him if you'd like to be involved in that. And then Bindu also does uh, a Sanskrit uh, classes as well. Um, so just so that you're aware of that, um, the multifaceted Bindu is uh, is working all the time. And so reach out to him if you're interested in that. And uh, Pranam's Bindu, Sri Guru Bionamaha. Pranam. Haryom, thank you so Pranam. much. Pranam to everyone. Haryom, good night. Pranam. Haryom, thank you so much. Thank you, Bindu Ji.